0: Welcome to Real Financial Planning, broadcast on WKXL, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matt Robeson. I'm joined, as always, by Mike Morton of Morton Financial Advice and the host of Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs, an outstanding podcast that features new cover art of Mike Morton sitting on an ascending staircase. The lighting is such that it looks like the the ethereal light of heaven (laughs) is shining down on you, Mike Morton, as you ascend life's ladder toward some kind of financial nirvana. It's really a perfect theme for this it's
1: show. Photography trickery. And did you just say that whole uh, spiel on one breath? I think you just took one breath. I did. That. I that did was great. one <laughs> breath
0: and that's this is how my stream of consciousness works. It sounds <laughs> Better get like it out quick. I just was cramming for the English portion of my SATs. I don't know why my brain works like this. It just it just <laughs> does. It just does. You're also listening to this probably in the Capital Close-up podcast feed. The reason I'm pushing the, the podcast versions is that today's show is interesting. Obviously, a lot of folks are listening to us on WKXL radio, which we appreciate. Yeah. But today's show, Mike, y- y- you were saying that this is going to be a little bit more of a deep dive. So we want people to check out the podcast version because you might have one of those moments where you want to hit that that fifteen second rewind button and catch something again. You're not you're not going to spare the details on this.
1: No, no. This is going to be sort of a master class on ETFs versus mutual funds. And I wanted to get into a little bit of the nitty gritty between the two so everyone can understand exactly the differences. So there might be, you know, might go a little bit long in terms of the podcast getting a little bit longer, uh, and there'll be an associated article with this as well. So for those just really trying to understand the nuances, we're gonna uh, dive into that today.
0: Fantastic, and that's another reason why if you're listening on radio, Check out the Capital Close-Up podcast feed or Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs because there's probably going to be more content than we're able to get into this segment on the radio. Okay, enough filibustering. Yeah. Mike Morton, <laughs> ETFs versus mutual funds. What's an ETF, man? An ETF, Exchange Traded Fund. Yeah, you already lost me there with the <laughs> acronym. Is it no. is it really different than a mutual fund?
1: No, they're they're exactly the same. So All right, well that's it. Financial planning for entrepreneurs, <laughs> yeah. thank you for today's show. But no, there are differences.
0: Yeah. There are differences. There are
1: differences. Generally speaking, you know, bottom line up front. All right. So bottom line up front for this episode is ETFs and mutual funds are very similar in many ways, okay? But hold ETFs, exchange traded funds. It'll usually have the name in the in the in the um name of it will say ETF. You know, I see. hold ETFs in your taxable accounts. I see. Your I brokerage see. account, make sure you have ETFs in those accounts and not mutual funds. Now there might be nuances to that, but that's just the bottom line up front is that you want, they're more, they're better tax, they're more tax efficient, we say. You will save more money. There'll be more money in your pocket if you use ETFs in your brokerage account rather than mutual funds.
0: Got it. Okay, so ETFs in your brokerage account, any other types of accounts where you should have ETFs? And, and maybe you can also give some examples of the types of accounts where you'd prefer to have mutual funds versus ETFs.
1: Yeah, um, there's that's the big one is just because of the tax situation. That's one of the reasons ETFs were created. I mean, there's other differences we're gonna dive into. Otherwise, I'm not too concerned about it. in your In your tax-free or tax-deferred, These are your 401Ks, 403Bs, IRAs. You could hold either one um, because you're not paying taxes throughout the year on any growth or dividends or capital gains.
0: So let me ask you this. Um, That's actually super clear definition, explanation, and the bottom line up front is good. But why is this important? I mean, why is this worth a deep dive and sort of a masterclass on the difference?
1: So let me tell you a story that came out towards the end of last year about Vanguard. You call, we have uh, talked a lot about target date funds. Okay. Target date funds are those retirement funds and they hold a mix of stocks and bonds in there. And often these could be either a mutual fund or an ETF. In this case, the story is about an ETF target date fund and Vanguard lowered the fees The sorry, not the fees, the amount that you had to invest in one of their low cost target date funds. I see. All right, from 100 million down to 5 million. Now, these are big numbers. You have to invest a minimum of 100 million. Well, who's investing in that? The pension funds retire, you know, big pension funds and stuff. When it got lowered to 5 million, everybody rushed into that lower cost version, okay? So you have a target date fund that all these institutions now with, you know, multi-millions could now get into at a lower cost. Of course, they're gonna take advantage of that, move out of the one fund with the higher cost into this one with the lower cost. Because of all the money leaving, the people, uh, this is in a, sorry, this is a mutual fund, not an ETF, mutual fund. Okay. So because of all the people leaving, everybody who was left holding that mutual fund, target date fund, mutual fund in their brokerage account got hit with capital gains. Now I'll spare you the details of why this works. We might get into it in the episode, <clears throat> but the point is. If you have a mutual fund, if you had had this mutual fund in your brokerage account at the end of last year, if you had bought it, say $100,000 of this target date fund, mutual fund, at the end of you just invested $100,000, Matt, into this target date fund, and you're going to hold it for 20 years. You had to pay $3,000 of taxes. Why is that? You just invested $100,000. And at the end of the year, you got a statement that says, hey, you owe the IRS, you know, on your tax forms when you file it for 2021, you owe $3,000 of taxes.
0: Mike, you're making me nervous because someone whose name is – I don't want to give away too much. Let's call him Matt R. No, 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 that, that's uh, M. Robeson <laughs> may or may not have target day funds with Vanguard. Um, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, okay. don't worry about it too much, Matt. Yeah, no, that's right. okay, because you don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars in there, so you know your your fifty bucks you got in there is not going to be a big deal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm still not looking forward to the, to the tax bill I'm, I'm, I'm working on my 2021. I'm, oh boy, but, I'm, yeah, let right. me
1: just let me just say, say that again, okay, because I just I just be yeah, a whole bunch yeah, of stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. the mutu- the reason this was a mutual fund in your taxable brokerage account. And just because you made an investment, the people that hold that investment can get hit with tax consequences based on nothing that you really did. It's what other people are doing. All these pension funds ran out, bought something else instead. And so therefore, Vanguard had to pass on capital gains to people that held that fund. And so you got hit with a capital gains tax, even though all you did was just buy into an investment and you're just holding it.
0: That is... Indeed complicated, and I can, but I can see why we warned people to maybe be ready to just hit that rewind. But, yeah. I, I, but I also see what the upshot is here, which is just circling back to the top. So what you're saying yep. is if I had been in ETFs mm-hmm. rather than mutual fund mm-hmm. in my taxable brokerage account, I would not have had that tax bill. 100%. You
1: got oh, it. So hold ETFs in your brokerage account. All right? That's why we said that up front. Got it. Got it.
0: All, All right. right. All right. Go. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I was just going to say, let's dive into some, let's go ahead and start talking about mutual funds and ETFs and talk about some of the details and then
0: differences. Right. 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 You want to start, so, which one do you want to start with?
1: Yeah, we'll start with mutual funds. Okay. Because they've been around longer. These right. uh, are an easy way, of course, to hold a basket of um, assets, stocks, right? So the S and P 500, you want to hold all 500 companies. You can buy one mutual fund and hold, you know, that entire thing. So it's great. It's a, it's an easy way of purchasing an entire thing. That's, you know, mutual funds. They've been around a long time since 1924. And they're certainly regulated by the U S there's all kinds of regulations about how you start a mutual fund, how you have to run the mutual fund, all those kinds of things. They typically have a minimum investment, for a mutual fund. So maybe $250, maybe $3,000. I told you this other one was an institutional fund. It was, you know, it was a hundred million dollars was the minimum investment. Um, So they have minimum investments and mutual funds settle at the end of the day based on what you want to invest. So if you want to invest that thousand dollars, you go ahead and click the button throughout the day. I want to put a thousand of cash in this mutual fund. You actually will end up owning that mutual fund at the end of the day, so you don't get it like right away when you click the button. They settle one time per day. All those all those buys and sells kind of align at the end of the day. So those are mutual funds.
0: Okay. All right. Um, then what about what about ETFs then?
1: Yeah. So let me go into that's, those are kind of that's an overview. Let me stick on mutual funds for just right, a right, few right, more right, minutes. Right. Yeah, 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 and we'll get to the ETFs. So I want to say just a couple other things about mutual funds, but that's the high level. There's a couple other there's open ended funds, close ended funds. So you may see this. Open ended funds are what you typically buy and sell. There's no limit on the number of shares. So as more people, if more people just want to buy them, the mutual fund company issue more shares. So they're open ended. If if uh, Matt wants to buy a thousand dollars of a mutual fund and no one's around to sell, he can still get his his money in there. They'll just issue more shares. close ended, um, there's only a certain number of shares, so it's you know so you got to line up buyers and and sellers. So they work uh, a little bit differently. Most of the ones out there that you're going to be investing in are open ended shares. You can just buy them. Mm. Now there's different share classes, and this is really important and. Unfortunately, you know, advisors often push certain share classes because it's better for them. Not necessarily the best for the client because it gets tricky which share class is best for you. I'll talk about three of them. There's A, B, and C classes of mutual funds, Mm. share classes. And what you're doing here is you're paying for owning that fund. So I'm the manager of a mutual fund. Right, I'm gonna have to do some buying and selling I'm, I mean I'm working 40 hours a week you know doing stuff so I get paid by the the investors in my fund Matt puts a thousand dollars into my fund I'm gonna take a few pennies of that to pay myself you know my salary mm, okay right, sure so how are we gonna do that there's different ways I could do it I could say Matt out, cool out of your 10,000 um, bucks I'll take 500 up front and then really I'll hard you I won't charge you I'll just charge you pennies from there so I'll take a lot upfront you know because I have more work to do up front maybe. That's called A shares, front-loaded shares. Your ten thousand dollar investment, you only actually get ninety five hundred. I took five hundred dollars to pay myself,
0: right off the top.
1: Right off the top. So your investment is ninety five hundred bucks, and then from there, you're hardly paying anything. Okay. Second is B shares. They're back-end loaded. Okay. So you get your ten thousand dollars investment, but if you ever sell, Matt, I'm taking five hundred bucks. I, you know, I want your money to stay in my fund. <laughs> so if you sell, when you go ahead and sell down the road, I'm going to take 500. Now, if you stay in for five years or seven years or 10 years, it might go to zero. Okay. So that back end load drops down over time. Those are B shares, how you pay for them. And finally, there are C shares where you pay a level load. All right. I'm just going to take 50 bucks a year from you, Matt, for your 10,000 investment. It's going to be 50 bucks a year. No upfront fee, no, no end fee just, you know, level load throughout. It,
0: how how do I how do I think <laughs> about which of those is better for me?
1: Yeah, if you're going to be invested for the long term, back end loads can be really nice. First you need to compare the the what is the ongoing maintenance fee for any of those three? Okay, oh, the I C should. shares are going to be a little bit higher than the A or B because the only way I'm getting paid as the manager is level load every year, okay? Versus A, I get a big upfront fee, or B, if you redeem them, I don't get my every year fee if you if you change out after six months. And that's why I charge you that way. So you have to compare the, the load over time, and then how long are you going to own the shares? If you're going to own them for a long time, the back-end load could make sense because, again, it gets stepped
0: down. I see. So... So... Could we make this kind of concrete? Um, do, did just for example, let's say I'm in a Vanguard target retirement fund yep. mutual fund. Yep, would that be the kind of thing where if I intend to stay in that fund for 10, 15, 20 years? Yep, a back end loaded, yeah, class here's the
1: thing be- though, Matt, most of those. Most of those that you're gonna buy yourself are just gonna be C shares. They're gonna be level load. Yeah, that's why I said that expense ratio, 0.1%, 0.2%. That's the expense ratio. That's the C shares, level load. That's how they work. The A and the B are really sold sold through advisors. I see. All right. Now, I don't want to get into details, but if you're working with an advisor and they're saying, hey, here's a portfolio we're going to set up for you. I recommend these things. I'll take your 100,000. We'll invest it this way. That's where you want to ask the question. Ho, ho, like, uh, okay, what kind of, you know, what are the investments? How much am I paying for them? We just talked about this last episode, right? What are the investments? How am I paying for them? How does that come up? Because I see this all the time. Oh, you own A shares. Well, you know, you spent, you know, two years ago, 10,000 bucks, but you only really got $9,000 of investment. Because that was the commission paid to the advisor that took that. That's why they recommended those A shares.
0: Got it. So the bottom line is I'm basically taking what I get with with most of the things that I would be buying into. But if I'm setting things up, so I should just be aware in that case. With things that I'd be setting up with an investment advisor, that's where... You have a little bit more control, and you really should. That's right. You really should understand. Understand right. these different ones. Yeah, there you go. Let's let's make sure to hit ETFs. I, I think I think I got the basics there in mutual funds. What about yep. ETFs?
1: All right, ETFs very similar. Okay, in terms of you're owning a mix of assets, just like the mutual fund. So you can invest ten thousand dollars in the full S and P five hundred. You get all five hundred companies. One like you know one ticker symbol, one thing. Uh, so they're very similar in that way. ETFs are relatively new. They first came around in 1993 with the S and P 500 was the first one. It's a new way of packaging. Think of it this way. It's a new way of packaging that investment. So you could do it with mutual funds. Hey, my 10,000 bucks, I own this mix of stocks and bonds or whatever. I can do the same thing with ETFs, but it's a different wrapper around a very similar investment. All right. So think of it that way. Okay. Um, Now the ETFs are purchased and sold on, on the open market. So throughout the day, when you click buy, you're going to own them kind of immediately. All right. So you can buy and sell them throughout the day. So that's very different. I told you mutual funds once a day, they do that matching. Okay. But ETFs throughout the day, you can buy and sell these things just like you can stocks. You can own a single share. You can own fractional shares. So the mutual fund had that minimum investment, $250. You know, these, nope, you can own a single share, fractional shares, and they trade <clears throat> on the open market. The other difference is that they're based on supply and demand. Right. So even though it's the S&P 500, which has, you know, you could look up the the exact um, all those 500 companies, how much they each are trading for at that moment. <clears throat> the ETF version may be slightly above or below. Though the 500 components, I see,
0: Does does that. Mean OK,
1: that- now, usually usually they're not so much. And yeah. let me just say before you ask a question, just that's different to the. I didn't say this about the mutual funds. But mutual funds settle at the actual price of the underlying, most of the time, the actual price of the underlying value.
0: Does that mean then that if you were kind of watching ETFs, even within a a single day versus watching mutual funds, Mm -hmm. that ETFs would have more volatility?
1: They have more volatility throughout the day, for sure, because they trade throughout Uh, the day. Mutual funds, in fact, this is a good point, Matt, when you log in and look at your um you know your right. account the mutual fund won't won't change price
0: oh, until I the see. end of the day and and your etfs <laughs> you could like be thrilled at 9am yeah. dejected at 3
1: yeah in fact it's funny you mention that because on my app where i'm like watching different symbols i have i have some mutual funds and they just sit there and i'm like wait yeah. why is this one not like going it's up like, like everything else that's like oh yeah yeah, <laughs> take, yeah,
0: up, yeah refresh yeah. refresh <laughs>
1: But well, not till five o'clock at night. Will it like refresh? <laughs>
0: Got it. And um so you yeah. were explaining with mutual funds that there 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 are different classes. Are there are there different types of ETFs also?
1: There are different types of ETFs. These aren't so important. Um it's more kind of the underlying logistics of how each one has to work from certain areas sectors of the market. But there are open-ended funds, there's unit um unit investment trusts and there's grantor trusts. Again, these are different kind of wrappers. They're all under the ETF, but they're going to be a little bit different wrappers. That one I wouldn't be so concerned about because there's no real end use difference in terms like the A shares, B shares, C shares. We talked about how they can make a difference to you as an individual investor. In terms of this, um, there's nothing that... I found so far that makes makes any difference. But I will come back to that if uh, at some point I notice, you know, an important difference for consumers around those different types Got of Got it. So it's
0: not like the situation with mutual funds where, you know, if you're setting something up with your advisor, you really do need to be aware of the different classes per se. It, it, it's, it's, it's just a, a different setup. Okay, That's right.
1: Yeah, different behind-the-scenes setup for certain things. Here's what I
0: want to do. We're about to get into a a whole lot more on this, including the difference with with index funds and and et cetera. But for our radio (laughs) listeners, we need to wrap up the show right now. So again, check out Capital Close-Up or Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs if you want much more of this discussion. But for the radio listeners, we'll sign off right here. Thanks so much, Mike Morton.